Chapter 42 of Summa Contra Gentiles, First Book on God, by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 42 That God is One. Having proved the foregoing, it is manifest that there is only one God. For it is impossible that there be two sovereign goods, since that which is ascribed to a thing by way of superabundance is to be found in one alone. Now God is the sovereign good, as we have shown. Therefore, God is one. Further, we have shown that God is absolutely perfect and that he lacks no perfection. If then there be several gods, it follows that there are several such-like perfect things, but that is impossible. For if none of them lacks any perfection, nor has any admixture of imperfection, which is required for anything to be simply perfect, there will be nothing by which they can be distinguished. Therefore it is impossible that there be several gods. Again, that which is sufficiently done, if it be supposed to be done by one, is better done by one than by many. Now the order of things is the best possible, since the potency of the first agent does not fail the potentiality of things for perfection. And all things are sufficiently perfected by referring them to one first principle. Therefore, a plurality of principles is inadmissible. Moreover, it is impossible for one continual and regular movement to proceed from several movers. For if they move together, none of them is a perfect mover, but altogether take the place of one perfect mover, which does not apply to the first mover, since the perfect precedes the imperfect. If, however, they move not together, each of them is at one time moving, and at another time not, whence it follows that the movement is neither continuous nor regular, because movement that is continuous and one is from one mover. Moreover, a mover that is not always moving is found to move irregularly, as evidenced by movers of lower degree, wherein violent movement is intense at first and slackens at the end, while natural movement is the reverse. On the other hand, the first movement is one and continuous, as was proved by the philosophers. Therefore, its first mover must needs be one. Again, Corporeal substance is directed to spiritual substance as its good, for there is in the latter a fuller goodness to which corporeal substance seeks to be likened, since whatever exists desires to attain the greatest good as far as possible. Now all movements of the corporeal creature are found to be reduced to one first movement, beside which there is no other first movement not reducible to it. Therefore, beside the spiritual substance, which is the end of the first movement, there is no other that cannot be reduced to it. Now under this name we understand God. Therefore, there is only one God. Moreover, the mutual order of all diverse things that are directed to each other is on account of their order towards some one thing 
even as the mutual order of the parts of an army is on account of the order of the whole army to the commander-in-chief for that certain diverse things be united together in some relationship cannot result from their own natures as distinct from one another because from this there would rather result distinction among them nor can it result from different causes of order because these could not possibly of themselves as differing from one another have one order in view accordingly either the mutual order of many is accidental or it must be reduced to one first cause of that order who sets all in order towards the end which he intends now all the parts of this world are observed to be ordered to one another in so far as certain things are aided by certain others thus the lower bodies are moved by the higher and the latter by incorporeal substances as shown above nor is this accidental since it happens always or for the most part wherefore this world has but one director and governor but there is no other world besides this therefore there is but one governor of the universe and in him we call god again if there be two things both of which are of necessity they must needs agree in the intention of the necessity of being it follows therefore that they must be differentiated by something added either to one or to the both of them and consequently that either one is composite or both now no composite thing exists necessarily per se as we have proved above therefore there cannot possibly be several things each of which exists necessarily and consequently neither can there be several gods moreover that in which they differ on the supposition that they agree in the necessity of being is either required as a complement in some way to this necessity of being or is not required if not it follows that it is accidental because whatever is added to a thing that has nothing to do with its being is an accident therefore this accident has a cause and this cause is either the essence of that which exists of necessity or something else if it is its essence since the very necessity of being is its essence as shown above the necessity of being will be the cause of that accident but necessity of being is found in both therefore both have that accident and consequently are not differentiated thereby if however the cause of this accident be something else it follows that unless this something else exist this accident would not exist and without this accident there would not be the aforesaid distinction therefore without that something else these two things that are supposed to exist of necessity would be not two but one therefore the proper being of both is dependent on a third and consequently neither of them exists necessarily per se if on the other hand that in which they differ be necessary as a complement to their necessity of being this will be either because it is included in the notion of the necessity of being as animate is included in the definition of animal or because necessity of being as specified thereby as animal is completed by rational in the first case it follows that 
wherever there is necessity of being there is that which is included in its notion thus to whatever we can apply animal we can apply animate and thus since we ascribe necessity of being to both the aforesaid they cannot be differentiated thereby in the second case this is again impossible for the difference that specifies a genus does not complete the generic idea but the genus acquires thereby being in act because the notion of animal is complete before the addition of rational although animal cannot be in act except it be either rational or irrational now this is impossible for two reasons first because the quiddity of that which has being of necessity is its being as we have proved above secondly because thus necessary being would acquire being from something else which is impossible therefore it is impossible to have several things each of which has necessary being per se further if there be two gods this word god is predicated of both either univocally or equivocally if equivocally this is beside the present question for nothing prevents anything receiving an equivocal name if the usual mode of speech allow if however it be predicated univocally it must be said of both in the same sense and thus it follows that in both there is the same nature in common either therefore this nature is in both according to the same being or else it is in according to different beings if according to one being it follows that they are not two but only one for two things have not one being if they differ substantially if however there is a different being in both the quiddity of neither will be its own being but we must admit this to be the case in god as we have proved therefore neither of them is what we understand by the name of god and consequently it is impossible to admit the existence of two gods again none of the things that belong to a particular signet thing as such can possibly belong to another because the singularity of a particular thing belongs to no other but the singular thing itself now its necessity of being belongs to that which is of necessity inasmuch as it is the signet thing therefore it cannot possibly belong to any other thing and thus it is impossible that there be several things each of which exists of necessity therefore it is impossible that there be several gods proof of the middle proposition if that which is of necessity is not this signet thing as being of necessity it follows that the designation of its being is not necessary in itself but depends on something else now a thing according as it is in act is distinct from all else and this is to be this signet thing therefore that which is of necessity depends on something else for being in act and this is contrary to the notion of that which is of necessity therefore that which is of necessity must be of necessity according as it is this signet thing again the nature signified by this word god is individualized either by itself in this god or by something else 
if by something else there must be composition therein if by itself it follows that it cannot be applied to another for that which is the principle of individualization cannot be common to several therefore it is impossible that there be several gods moreover if there be several gods it follows that the divine nature is not identically the same in each therefore there must be something to distinguish the divine nature in this one and that one but this is impossible since the divine nature receives no addition whether of essential or of accidental differences as proved above nor is the divine nature the form of any matter so as to be divided as the matter is divided therefore there cannot possibly be several gods again the being proper to each thing is but one now god is himself his very being as shown above therefore there can be but one god further a thing has being according as it has unity wherefore everything shuns division so far as it can lest it thus tend to not being but the divine nature surpasses all in having being therefore there is supreme unity therein therefore it is nowise divided into several moreover we observe that in every genus multitude proceeds from some kind of unity wherefore in every genus we find one first thing which is the measure of all things found in that genus hence whatever things we find agreeing in one point must proceed from some one principle now all things agree in the point of being therefore that which is the principle of all things must needs be one only and this is god again in every government he who presides desires unity wherefore the chief form of government is a monarchy or kingdom and of our many members there is one head and this is an evident sign that unity is due to whom headship is becoming wherefore we must confess that god who is the cause of all is simply one we can moreover infer this confession of the divine unity from the sacred oracles for it is said in deuteronomy six four hear o israel the lord thy god is one and in exodus twenty three thou shalt not have strange gods before me and in ephesians four five one lord one faith etc by this truth the heathens who believe in many gods are refuted and yet several of them affirmed the existence of one supreme god by whom they asserted that the others whom they called gods were caused for they ascribed the godhead to all eternal substances especially by reason of wisdom felicity and governance of the universe this mode of expression is found even in holy writ where holy angels or men or judges are called gods as in the words of the psalm there is none among the gods like unto thee o lord and again i have said you are gods and many like passages are found throughout scripture wherefore the manichees would seem yet more opposed to this truth 
since they assert two first principles, the one of which is not the cause of the other. The Arians, too, impugned this truth by their errors, since they asserted that the Father and the Son are not one but distinct gods, and yet were compelled by the authority of Scripture to confess that the Son is true God. End of chapter 42 Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.